3: Summer Wrestle Me, Mark. Oh, I like what you've done. Tailored it special. Yes, I did. It is special. It is a special SummerSlam. Special. special. August is SummerSlam because that's when SummerSlam happened. And it is a cynical attempt to gain traction in an uncaring world (laughs) by jumping on the popularity of the sun. <laughs> ah, it is too hot at the moment. It really is, isn't it? Mark uh, Haynes, do you want to let people into uh, how uh, this recording session has gone thus far?
1: Yes, we, we're actually recording this in the morning, which yes. is unusual for us. We were mm. supposed to record it
3: on Sunday, Yes, uh, but you had a cold. I had a cold and I sounded dreadful but and so felt even worse.
1: We then decided to record it on Tuesday mm. and I turned up on Tuesday evening. What I call uh, Marty Gennetti? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'd had quite a lot of booze. There is is five. five. Five minutes of a recording I have since deleted Mm. because of my respect and mutual love for you. (laughs) Uh, Mark turned up and I was like... Yeah, that is that is just too slurry. <laughs> that is too slurry for to words. The thing is, I could have been drunk and nobody would have noticed, but the problem is Mark has to do a lot more talking than me.
1: I, but, uh, uh, I was doing a big list of my enemies, <laughs> uh, pe- people I know and want to sleep with. I
3: was going through it. I thought we were flying, and I think we made a mistake in canning it, to be honest. And it was and it was very hard for me to say, Mark, shall we just retire to the pub finish this drinking (laughs) session off and start uh, this morning and then we had uh, a studio mess up there I thought I was going to one studio Mark thought he was going to another studio this summer slam series of shows are cursed are more cursed than any wrestlers life no that's not true no that's not true all wrestlers
1: lives are worse than this (laughs) the the idea that
3: they'd sort of like have to put something off for four days I mean Pete they died. they died really young Exactly. just dead we could have driven a car into a wall (laughs) we could have done that Uh, so welcome to the SummerSlam special Mark, what SummerSlam are we going to be doing? We're going to start off with
1: the very first SummerSlam which is SummerSlam 88 taking place in the mecca of pro wrestling
3: Madison Square Garden Yes, exactly, and you'll notice that uh, uh, Ma- Marcus, you're not even Marcus, <laughs> Mark used the g- word... G- don't cross <laughs> your <laughs> toes. <laughs> Marcus Speller from the Football Animal. no, Mark Haynes from Wrestle Me and uh, the pub, <laughs> said <laughs> that uh, basically uh, somebody complained on Twitter that I say Madison Square Gardens. Yeah, I... I, I, I always used to say that when I was a kid, ga- I don't know why. Madison Square Garden, s- Madison Square Gardens. It's I mean, definitely garden. Is I've, it? I've, I've, whenever somebody slights me, I do a hard Google to Try and prove them wrong, and there is not a single reference to Madison Square Gardens. Oh, is there not? And oh, that's I'm very much—I'm very much incorrect. I, on that I one. don't mind that.
1: You know, it's language. Hey, look, we know—we know what we're talking about.
3: Yeah, language is a cage, bitches, <laughs> and I'm going to break out of it. <laughs> Being very aggressive today. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's had some steroids. <laughs> I've had a ginger snap. I didn't offer you a ginger snap, sorry, Mark, but you would finish your coffee, so I was like, oh, I just—I just want alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Mark is actually a very responsible broadcaster it was a very rare slip from Mark it was do you know what it is I haven't had booze for about two months just because <laughs> it's been too hot it is too hot it's ridiculous yeah and
1: it? I'm not you know I, have, I don't have the time because we're normally recording on a Sunday so we don't go to like a pub and sit with a Bulmers in a in a, in a garden somewhere
3: we, we could have recorded this like a week ago we went to see Paul Simon <laughs> yes, tiny Paul did, Simon yeah. who I reckon I could probably tombstone <laughs> oh absolutely oh absolutely but We'd I mean no y- you'd only do it once he looked <laughs> frail it's,
1: I think yeah, it's yes. fair to say he looked he looked actually a little bit like Dynamite Kid in about 97. <laughs> when Dynamite Kid had his last uh, match, which yeah. was for a, a Japanese um, uh, promotion, Michinoku Pro, mm. he um, he turned up and the people would audibly... <clears throat> oh, but he was, he was very, very thin mm. and he had his old wrestling gear on and it was oh. really baggy around the legs and he looked... Oddly, like Paul Simon did when we saw him. doing Graceland. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the difference is doing Graceland—you're not going to damage your own back and no. neck. No, you know. Um, but that's that's pretty much the only similarity I can think of between Paul Simon and the Dynamite Kid. But maybe by the end of this show, we'll find some. more. <laughs> absolutely. Um, uh, SummerSlam, uh, one of the big four pay per mm. views. So they 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 have WrestleMania, Survivor Series, and Royal Rumble. Right. Survivor Series and Royal Rumble are set up to um uh, compete against the NWA putting on their big super shows. Okay, but then they find there's one in January, which is the Royal Rumble. Mm. WrestleMania in April, March, and you could, then you've got Survivor Series in November. So there's a gap in the yes. schedule. Okay. So they bring in SummerSlam, uh, the biggest event of the summer, is uh, how they often sort of uh, promote it. Okay, it's it just works it just works
3: <laughs> it's uh, it like really flying ant <laughs>
1: there's there's something about it that i mean this one starts with all those pictures of america
3: yes yeah yeah. yeah. people jumping into pools and yeah, convertibles yeah. and everything i found this really glamorous and exciting everyone's having a lovely time it seemed a little bit more polished than the WrestleManias because it's weird seeing um phrases like what the world is watching mm. i'm sort of feeling nostalgic for things You know, it's not about my childhood. It's about something I saw for the first time six months ago. I'm like going, oh, what the world is watching? And there's Mm. Junkyard Dog. I know. This is wonderful. And then I sort of think... You saw this, Peter, for the first time six months (laughs) ago. Why are you getting nostalgic about it? I like the way the nostalgia is really truncating. Really sort of, (laughs) I'm so nostalgic for for WrestleMania
1: 36. (laughs) Uh, uh, This is a really interesting period, though, because as you you mentioned, there are some people who you remember from the early WrestleManias. Mm. And this is really the second wave of superstars. Right. So the first ones, the rock and wrestling thing, you've Mm. still got Hulk Hogan in the mix and he's still huge on it, but you're seeing the guys who were massive in the early 80s are beginning to be fading out. Yeah. So okay. people like Ken Patera and Don Morocco, they've been they've had long careers and they've mm. been big headliners. Right. Both of those men have headlined Madison Square Garden shows. You know, I think ah, okay. I think Morocco did three sellouts with Hogan. Mm. Ken Patera, he had lots and lots of matches with Bruno Sammartino and people mm. like that. But what you're seeing here is that initial wave of superstars like Junkyard Dog, they're getting older and this is their last hurrah. Right. Okay. So there's a nice crossover ah. in this about the old and new eras. Uh, Um, Interesting thing about this as well, which is fascinating, is this was supposed to be SummerSlam 88. It was supposed to be uh, the debut of Ric Flair. Oh, is that right? Okay. So Vince McMahon fought really, really hard to get Flair, who was the NWA champion, to mm. jump over. And in the end, Flair sort of went, do you know what, I'm not going to, because he was uh, very loyal to the people who owned NWA. Mm. Ted Turner had come along with a huge money deal for this family who were called the Crockett's. Uh, and Ted Turner wouldn't buy WCW, NWA, without Ric Flair being there. Right. So Flair sort of went, well, the Crockets have given me a load of money over the years. I'm going to be loyal to them and I'm going to stay. But the match would have been Ric Flair versus Randy Savage. Oh, that would be the main. We saw in '92. But I um, in 88, boy, they could go. Yeah. Oh, they could have gone. Yeah. So that's the SummerSlam that wasn't. Right. So we get the SummerSlam that was. And do you know what? I loved this event. I
3: really enjoyed it. I, I, it top to bottom. I, I, s- it was great I mean, fun. as soon as I saw that uh, VT of um, Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. the Mega Powers video, <laughs> Hulk Hogan looking at his own arm muscles like he's never seen anything <laughs> like them, and pursing his lips. Yeah. And he looks red and he looks sweaty. Oh. And those eyes. And then I was like... Wait a second. (laughs) Holy shit. This is 1998. Oh, sorry, 1988. This is the same year as WrestleMania 4, which we detailed in the WrestleMe show titled Hell of a Drug. Yeah. Prime, wild eyed Hulk Hogan. (laughs) What the Coke is doing? (laughs) Having such a lovely time. I wasn't going to call out it it like that, Mark, (laughs) but I'm very much on board with SummerSlam 88 because. Prime Hulk. Yeah. Prime matchaman Randy Savage in that VT, just sounding like a revved-up Hot Wheels car. <laughs> just not even forming words anymore. <laughs> just just a... Just a <laughs> and you've got, you've got the classic
1: Ultimate Warrior promo that he does, <clears throat> yes. where he is off his fucking box. <laughs>
3: and...
1: and the, the nice thing about that is, in the background, you've got people like Dynamite Kid. I mean, when Dynamite Kid is looking at you and going, this guy is taking too much fucking stuff, <laughs> you are in trouble. But Junkyard Dog's behind him, and the warrior starts, and they've all been told to be in the thing and sort of, like, pleased for him. Yeah. And what happens is, the warrior starts, and they will just go, fuck this.
3: Everybody just clears away. Junkyard Dog just walks through set, walks through the eyeline of the camera yeah. as if he's like a janitor going, what's going on over there it's so funny there's something funny about it. if Junkyard Dog moves you know it's got to be bad because Junkyard Dog does not want to have to walk about doesn't <laughs> want the tiring thing of having to move the best so the, the whole sort of um, show starts um, with um, uh, obviously like a montage of like a, a Madison Square Garden yeah uh, the Twin Towers of course as well still, Yes, still up um, and uh, and then the first wrestler you actually see in the montage is Virgil. I was like right good <laughs> It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a
1: good one. I really like the opening because they actually show you the wrestlers doing their finishing moves. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I really like that sort of thing. The other thing is, in this period, they had lots of squash matches on TV, which are they were against enhancement talent. So you'd have Rick right. Rude would go in and he'd have a three-minute sort of a, 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 a. It's sort of a difficult way to explain it. Um It's almost like a showcase. So okay. the other person does nothing, but they just take a load of moves, and then Rick uh, Rude will win. There's no competitive nature to it. So those are all from those matches, but. There's something about just seeing those finishing moves done perfectly.
3: Yeah, that is really, really enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, go on. This Matt. is my signature. This is what I do. This is this is me. Yeah, a hundred percent,
1: hundred percent. But oh man, the theme tune. The theme tune on this is phenomenal. Yeah. I, I, I can't tell you how much this takes me back to my childhood. This, mm. is, this is like, uh, you know, um, the Madeleine cake that Proust eats in the
3: remembrance of time past. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, yeah, I know that's how I yeah, pollute in Your reference. fucking move other the wrestling podcast. <laughs> Pick up the fucking gun, you prick. <laughs> <laughs> the Summerslam theme is I go I go to these
1: very like you know fancy literary salons and sit there and go, "Hmm, interesting, interesting. I mean, the futurist is sort of a, a, a vortex movement is fascinating." <laughs> now, anyone <in> here <laughs> want to hear my discourse about the Summerslam theme tune used from 88 to 89, which you may know better as the Royal Rumble theme 91 to 94. <laughs> Would you please leave, sir? <laughs> 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 it will be my pleasure. <laughs> Play the SummerSlam theme for me as I do so. And here it is. Hey!
3: You brought that usb uh, key in mark <laughs> that, that was enjoyable
1: that's one of those things that i actually i had to sort of do an audio capture <laughs> of the thing because it isn't like a thing you can buy no which is crazy because it would be the number one song forever <laughs> <laughs> um, but get I, just,
3: <laughs> look if three lions can cut a number
1: one <laughs> <laughs> i was super aware that as i was editing it just taking off the, the bits at the start and the end. Uh, I, I was listening to it more than I had to listen to it for the edit. <laughs> and i let it start up again and go, these are good times. <laughs>
3: I'm having a nice time. That's the sound of the
1: summer. <laughs> loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, this is uh, also, I
3: think this is one of the few times we actually get to hear superstar Billy Graham on commentary. Yes, so he rocks up and he is... I, I, a, I didn't realise how... Hulk, H- how much Hulk Hogan took from him with yeah. his brother, and obviously yes. his look, obviously. and the
1: pythons. Yes, exactly. The, the All that Largest arms in the world.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, t- he rocks up in uh, a grotesque top. <laughs> oh, yes. it's a woman's face. <laughs> I like air- It was like, air- it was like a- one of those airbrush. We've spoken about this. It-, yeah. it was big around about this time. A lot of tie dye. Yeah. Um, uh, Jesse the Body gets involved in a little bit of that uh, cape a little bit later on, but uh, in this case, um, Billy Graham mm. is like the air- those airbrush pictures you find on the side. Of the waltzers, yes, it's um, kind of. Kind of that I thing.
1: thought it but, was a bloke. I think he's got a moustache.
3: Oh, really? It's like Prince, but oh. it's not Prince. But you sort of... Well, the, the problem is. It's got real tinsel hair. Yes, it's, it it's, it's an hairbrush picture on fabric, <laughs> but then real tinsel hair. This will be you not, easy to wash. Yes, you're not getting that washed anywhere. <laughs> it's going to all crinkle. Maybe if you wear it once.
1: I mean, it can't have cost more than, like, $2. Surely. <laughs> I mean, it's such a piece of shit. Um, he is... <laughs> such a piece of shit. Such a piece of shit. Billy Grove's top, such a piece of <laughs> shit. <laughs> to match his commentary. <laughs> he is, he is re- uh, uh, remarkably bad at this. Um, mm. Basically, he's come back... Uh, A long-term big heel and big draw for the WWE uh, over the years, in the uh, late 70s. uh, And he is back at Madison Square Garden, the place where he has sold out a million times, but he's destroyed his his body through steroid use. His hip has gone. So he's retired from being an active wrestler, and they put him on the mic. In his prime, he's one of the great talkers. He's Mm. really good. Too sweet to be sour. All this sort of like beautiful uh, jive patter that he's got. Right, and they stick him here, and he's terrible.
3: And I I try to work out why he's bad. Is it because he has to? I think so. He's He's kind of got to be a bit more functional rather than just repeat. He's good when he's talking about himself. And
1: the problem is his whole jive patter thing (laughs) doesn't really work when you're just going. You know, there's a match, Mm. and so he's got this horrible thing where he repeats himself again and again and again, and then he'll add the word. Brava. So yeah. he'll go, Gorilla Monsoon goes, that was the end. And he goes, that was the end. He knew it was the end, brother. And it's just, <laughs> we're no further <laughs> into a discourse. He doesn't know where he is. He's out cold. He doesn't know what building it is. What state, Gorilla Monsoon, brother? <laughs> Nothing. He's standing up. He's on his feet. He's standing, brother. And it's just this <laughs> that you go, shut up, Give man. Give us some insight, for crying out loud. <laughs> he'd have been very good at podcasting. <laughs> <He'd> just, <laughs> he'd he'd just, have just, <laughs> Absolutely nothing just, just keep just keeping it going yeah. yeah and doesn't it look hot in there it
3: looks it looks baking stifling hot. everyone
1: up. is sweating like a
3: monster I mean people at the start are, are, are genuinely going wild Gorilla Monsoon is persevering with his uh, one of my favorite things that Gorilla Monsoon repeatedly says <laughs> during his tenure as uh, main commentator on uh, on WrestleMania's um, you can you can feel the electricity in the air you can cut it with a knife yeah once again it. Gorilla don't cut electricity with with a knife. <laughs> this might be <laughs> the reason that Gorilla died at 62. <laughs> <laughs> he said, said, said it was a heart attack, he put a knife in a toilet. He obviously has been told
1: by someone that all the kids in 1988 are are calling things a happening <laughs> because he says it, I think, eight times in the thing. <laughs> it's a happening, and
3: I don't think he's saying it like it is a happening, right? I think he's going, It's a happening, happening. it's a happening, you know, like, like it's a popping, <laughs> like it's a popping, or it's a me, a Mario. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: uh, you, are you uh, doing a racial
1: allusion to Gino Morella? <laughs> yes, the I am, yes, Real, real name. <laughs> ah. Is
3: that really? Is he actually uh, Italian American?
1: Uh, uh, yeah, I don't think his name is Gino. That's a nickname. I think he's Robert Morella. Oh. Um, he's, he's the, he looks like his, like, a, like a Jewish singer. Oh, he does. He? Yeah, he, yeah, I mean, he looks like a, a sort of like secondary <laughs> member of The Sopranos. Yeah, like I mean, a, I suppose he looks, that is suppose Italian American, yeah. but uh, uh, it's again, confusing, isn't it?
3: Yeah. I'm not really sure where uh, being Italian American and being Jewish American starts and ends, to be honest. No, no. I,
1: th- <laughs> I, th- I think there's certainly some some uh, muddy ground. <laughs> Don't say mud, muddy that sounded mental.
3: Mark is Jewish. <laughs> I'm not Italian.
1: <laughs> Shit. Uh, that's insane. Um, so, <laughs> this, uh, this, this, this one, there's actually a, a little sad thing here as well, which is um, the main referee in this is... is uh, uh, Joey Morella right who is uh adopted son of Gorilla Monsoon Aww. and you often notice when Joey Morella's there the like Jesse Ventura will often sort of go that was terrible officiating and <laughs> Gorilla will sort of go i thought it was all right you know <laughs> and they're just winding him up about it right um, but his son his son actually predeceased uh Gorilla Monsoon so he died in a car accident um, right. coming back from some tapings <sighs> in i think 94 wasn't wearing a seatbelt and he was yeah. driving back with a guy called um Bruno Lauer, who was better known as Harvey Whippleman, the manager. Oh, and uh, they were both very badly injured, but um, Harvey Whippleman had his seatbelt on, right. so he survived. So, but um... Gorilla and Joey Morella are buried next to each other now, and uh, Joey Morella's headstone has uh, pictures of the two things he loved most: two sports. Can you guess what they were? Oh.
3: High lie
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, What would be the obvious one? Well, uh, wrestling. No. What? Not there. Baseball and golf. <laughs> <laughs> ah, wonderful. I, I work in this business. It, it, it you know, it, unfortunately, it, fed it, does, my it, it does kill him. But it, it does, <laughs> you know, it gives him a living. And his father, his adopted father, has worked near all his life. <laughs> and when he dies, he goes. Do you know what my favourite sports are? Not this
3: pile of shit. <laughs> so fucking rude. I, on Gorilla's headstone, it is just uh, the thing he loved the most. The <laughs> It's making people stop. Yeah. Just,
2: well, please, it says, "Will I, you now? Stop? I have
1: stopped.
3: Yeah. Will you stop?" And then it just says in massive
1: letters, "I yes. have. I, <laughs> I have very much so." And <laughs> a big shout out if any of Gorilla's family are listening. It's shout out,
3: <laughs> shout out the family.
1: Yeah, I thought that would make it less untasteful, but I realise now it's made it worse. Shout out
3: to Gorilla Monsters <laughs> a live family. <laughs> Boom. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> gorilla family. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, what a what a good way to start. Yeah. <laughs> brother, they're being rude it's, about gorilla. Uh, about gorilla, they're being rude, brother.
3: Uh, first it's, it's, match. It's a better way to start than we were last night. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: was just making gorilla noises.
3: Unrelated. Um, first match: yes. the British Bulldogs
1: versus the fabulous mm. Um God, they're really good here, I think, the Rougeos, and the-
3: Jacques Raymond and Debbie Boy Smith and Dynamite Kid. Yes. Wake, up, <laughs> wake up, Tommy! Wake Tommy,
1: up, wake Tommy! Tommy, wake up! Um, they are... Uh, the Rougeaus have been around for a couple of years. Mm. They were uh, French-Canadians and they... Just they were, uh, th- Nobody was into them. Right, they were really yeah. apathetic sort of mm. responses to them. So Vincent Man said, why don't you become bad? And the easy way to become bad was they changed their theme tune to a song called All American Boys <laughs> that they sing. All American Boys. <laughs> and they have tiny, tiny little flags. Tiny flags. Ooh, too small. <laughs> and they wave them and people hate it. I think it's a really <laughs> funny that thing. Flag that flag needs to be bigger, you <laughs> dick! At what level? You sort of go, you're mocking us. <laughs> you don't want to be us. You want to mock
2: Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince
0: is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: It's early. Don't start, please.
1: The um, the Rouges were, were were sort of pretty much on the upswing here. Mm. The Bulldogs are on the way down. All right. And the Bulldogs were originally slated to lose this match, um, but Dynamite Kid uh, went and argued, saying, you know, we don't, we don't want to lose it. He really, really didn't
3: like the Rujos, <laughs> And they have this match, and it's... Fucking brilliant! It's mm. really good. It sort of gets faster. I thought the pacing was really good. It got as faster as, as it went on. Yeah, I thought the the thing is a bit weird for an opening match.
1: Yeah, well, this was because the bulldogs refused to lose, uh, so they they, they they agreed to do a draw. Which which again, I mean, draws are so seldom in mm. wrestling that when they happen, you go, well, this is weird. This feels really yeah, strange,
3: especially for an opener as well. It's
1: yeah, just... and it's such a fast-paced opener. Mm. It's really exciting, but the, the draw sort of fizzles it out a bit. But Dynamite Kid in this is just—he looks like thunder. Yeah, he is like a racehorse. His feet. He, he can't keep him still. He's sort of like padding. Even when he's in the thing, there's more energy going out. He is terrifying. Yeah. And he he hated the Rougeaux There was something he just took an instant dislike to them. He thought they were arrogant.
3: He, you know, I mean, he was just mad. Is he, just, is he really playing into the, uh, mm. the whole KFF? Like, you know, oh, look at them with their little
1: flags. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's, he, he's, anyway, what happens here is they have this <laughs> astonishing match. And it really is the crowd explode on. Mm. The, the bulldogs when they were good i think this might be their best pay-per-view match i mm. mean they are they're really badly represented in wrestlemanias where they, right. they're they in some six-man matches that are crap and they have a good wrestlemania 2 match but it's against uh, some terrible tag team champions i think it's um uh the dream team greg valentine and Brutus beefcake yeah, okay. so it's just they don't have a great match and this match is phenomenally good just just they really they really just Pelt into each other, mm. and you can actually tell there's a sort of bit of a genuine dislike. Um, Matilda's not interested. The dog,
3: nope, not she's at not even looking. How do they keep her so quiet?
1: <laughs> I'm, making, you, you a, I'm making a frowny you face. i do not want to know. <laughs>
3: <laughs> get her out the freezer it's time to go in
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: just like he did with, with the snake Is <laughs> just a place to put all the animals the macaw fucking cockabee macaw <laughs> everything in the, the fucking fridge <laughs> get it out of the minibar now
1: it's not It's not the cold it's the lack of air it calms them down <laughs> um, but superstar
3: big graham at this just says uh, uh take it back to the locker room finish it in the showers if you have to yeah i wrote this down too <laughs> right you're already in the lockers Locker room, have the fight there. Why you got to get in the shower?
1: (laughs) Well, the reality is, Superstar Billy Graham is doing this as a bit of fun. This is exactly what happened. Oh, what? So over the next couple of months, the Bulldogs and the Rougeaus become a huge programme. Right. Only it's just behind the scenes. So what happens (laughs) is Dynamite begins to get more and more aggressive towards the Rougeaus. And it all comes to a head one night where the Rougeaus come back from their match And Mr. Perfect has just joined the WWF, Kurt Mm. Hennig. And he's a notorious ribber. And Hennig starts looking over at Jacques Rougeau's workout bag, going, mm, mm, mm. And Jacques Rougeau goes through, and he realises some of his clothes have gone missing. Sacre bleu! And he goes, this is Bulldogs. (laughs) This is Bulldogs. The bulldog did this. A few weeks later... Le rose beef did this. (laughs) (laughs) Le champ méchant. A few weeks later, they come back from another match, and someone has put locks on their bag so they can't undo them. And there's just no keys. There's just padlocks. Famous sort of wrestling trick. Right. And again, Mr. Perfect is there. And Mr. Perfect seems to be the person who was doing this. <laughs> but he basically he's got, would...
3: he's got a necklace
1: with keys on it. <laughs> he would basically be sort of like signalling to the bag and going... Oh, terrible. And Jacques Rougeau just goes, those dirty damn
3: bulldogs. (laughs)
2: Anyway. It's
1: like a fucking comic book. He gets fed up with it. And he says, he says, he starts saying to the locker room, do you know what I'm going to do? I've had enough of the bulldogs. I'm going to tell Vince McMahon that they are doing this and it's really upset me. Yeah. So a couple of days later, again, he's playing cards, Jacques Rougeau, sitting there. Dynamite Kid comes up from behind, smacks him over the head and starts beating him up really badly.
3: (laughs) He's all about... How these people relax... (laughs) With these unhinged monsters. You're,
1: you was going to snitch.
3: Mate, <laughs> you're beating me up
1: because you were horrible to me. This is a place of work. So uh, it's its awful. So Jack <laughs> takes a really, really bad beating. Right. And uh, he's pulled off uh, Dynamite Kid by um, Raymond. And Raymond mm. is known as being, uh, he's the other Rougeau, he's known as being a bit harder. Mm. So he's a Golden Gloves boxing sort of background. Yeah. And, and Jacques Rougeau is not known for being hard. Over the next couple of weeks, Raymond says, you know, this is you've got to do something about this. You mm. can't just let this go because otherwise everyone will walk over you all the time. Yeah. You can't let dynamite get away with it. Mm. And they go, The problem is dynamite's really hard and mental. <laughs> right? He's really frightening. <laughs> they, they start this new programme.
3: We'll probably do him now. Where
1: <laughs> every <laughs> night. I, do you know what? it uh, will think... <laughs> <It'll> be terrible. Please get us. It will be terrible to think you could. I reckon. <laughs> I reckon don't count him out. I think he's that dangerous. <laughs> do you
3: reckon, yeah, I, I completely agree. Honestly. Over the
1: next kind of week <laughs> (laughs) or so, after the matches, Raymond and Jack go back to the hotel room, and Raymond teaches Jack how to box. And they pull up the mattress from the bed, and Jack just sits there pummeling it. And they train and train and train. (laughs) He speaks to his father, who's a former wrestler, and his father begins saying, look, if you're going to hit this guy, he needs to go down. Make sure you've got a roll of quarters in your hand. So... Everything is planned and Jacques Brujo wow. spends 2 weeks. Every time Dynamite comes in, he looks really shamefaced and sort of nervous so that Dynamite doesn't have a clue as to what's going to happen. This is like back to the future. They get this is this is between SummerSlam and Survivor Series. Right. And what happens is Jacques Rougeau goes, Right, I'm gonna do it. And they see Dynamite coming out of the canteen, and Jacques Rougeau he says something along the lines of, you know, Did you have a nice meal? And as Dynamite goes, Yeah, Jacques Rougeau punches him as hard as he can in the face with a roll of quarters. Right. Four of Dynamite's teeth go straight out, his nice. face explodes in yes. a mist of blood. Dynamite doesn't go down.
3: <laughs> no that's, look we all have these fantasies about how well fights go i I consistently have fantasies where i've never fought in my life that I punch a man and he goes down, but I have no plan for when he
1: doesn't go down. <laughs> no, Ray Rougeau starts shouting from the sidelines, give
3: him a jab, jab
1: him. <laughs> Jacques Rougeau hits him with his left hand then. Dynamite goes down to one knee and just begins pulling himself up on Jacques Rougeau's clothes. This is like the worst <laughs> oh, thing imaginable. No. The other guys who come out there are a lot of Dynamite kids' friends like Bad News Brown <laughs> and they grab Jacques Rougeau and they separate the two men and Dynamite's in a terrible state. And uh, anyway, but, you know, the, the shit's hit the fan. Yeah. So Vince McMahon... Is in a position where he sort of, he doesn't, he, he's sort of given them a warning before saying, mm. I can see this is brewing, mm. be really careful, you know, yeah. I don't want to have to fire anyone. Yeah. And they get to a, 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 a position where, I don't know, there's something sort of old school about it where, People don't quite respect Jacques Rougeau, but what they, they do sort of realise, I think, it's, it, as a sort of community, is they go, actually, Dynamite's a horrible bloke. Yeah. And he took advantage of Jacques Rougeau by beating him up when he wasn't ready for it, and he's a mean guy. He's made the honky-tonk man cry. Aww. He plays these horrible pranks and everything. And I think they sort of go, he slightly got what was his. Yeah. And what's funny is that even though Dynamite doesn't go down, for some reason, everything changes after that. And, I don't know, he gets bitter. He gets really bitter. And he's who? Um, um, Dynamite Kid. Dynamite Kid, right. And so Vince McMahon has said, right, it ends here. It ends here. They go for a meeting. And Jacques Rougeau is sitting opposite the Dynamite Kid. And the Dynamite Kid says, well, he's got to pay for my new teeth, for my dental work. And Jacques Rougeau says, well, I'm not doing that. And someone says, yes, you are. Mm. And then there's all this sort of like toing and froing, And what they know is that Dynamite wants revenge. And so they keep them separated. They're on different shows until we get to Survivor Series. They have a short bit in the ring together. Jacques Rougeau very nervous about it, but actually it all goes to plan. Mm. And then the Bulldogs pretty much are out. There's all these different reasons. I think a lot of it was that Dynamite felt he'd lost lost a lot of faith, uh, a lot of face, and so they wanted to sort of, you know, move on. But the, the other reason was, I think, you know, this man wasn't really going to stop them. There's always been this story, it was about complimentary plane tickets or something. Right. But I think he just come to that point where people were like, he is not really worth having around. Yeah. He's too, he's too mean a dude. Too volatile. Yeah, entirely. Um, so they leave three months later. Um, oh. Jacques Rougeau, of course, goes on to um, become the Mountie. Who we see in yes, the uh, early 90s. Um, he's also one of the, he's one of just 14 men in wrestling history who have ever pinned Hulk Hogan. Uh, right. He uh, paid 10 grand. For Hogan to come to a Montreal show that he put on, where he was able to beat him, which is, uh, (laughs) again, just 14 men. That's an amazing sort of (laughs) list. The other ones are all real Hall of Famers that you you give your Andres, your Ultimate Warriors. Mm. Um, uh, After retiring, the Mountie actually tried to go to join the Montreal Police Department, uh, but uh, he was unable to do so as he had not graduated high school. (laughs) 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 Raymond is now the French
3: commentator. I've lived this life. Yeah, so that's right. Yeah, that's what I read. It's it's, it's interesting that. Because they do have the, you know, they have German and French. Is this, it's not just a show, it is genuine. You yeah, know, have oh a,
1: yes, a yeah, yeah, yeah. So so you, um, you used to see it in the early 90s on DSF. Mm. They used to play all the wrestling stuff and they'd have their own German commentators. I think in the old days it used to be done in a room... With a feed, yeah. but then they were like, "Well, actually, this shows off we're a global brand." Mm. I mean, there are, there's Russian, there's Chinese, and they mm. tend to do in every pay per view now. They'll go through all of them, you know, just showing them. I and Ray Joe is now the uh, French language commentator. Not,
3: uh, I guess because I'm used to sort of watching a lot of football, where you know the, 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 the you know the different languages are facilitated by the broadcast houses rather yep. than the actual product itself. But it's, yeah, so it's actually quite interesting to see the product itself being quite. Um, they are an amazing organization. Do they do deaf commentary? So like uh, they have. Yeah. Closed signing? circuit, right,
1: okay. which I think is. I'm not 100% sure, right, I must yeah, admit. Yeah. But I'm sure they do. Mm. I can't imagine they wouldn't. Mm. That's the thing. They, just get are, a signing guy. they are one of those companies who, who uh, really do think of everything and they do everything internally. Yeah. It's a, you look at the network. I mean, the network is just a, a work of art. The that network is,
3: is probably the best product yeah. I've seen. And they're so. You know, I, I watch a lot of football. The BT app is, you know, well, uh, let, let's not get into it. Like your ITV like, Hub, these it, things are
1: not they are they seem always, sim- they seem like five years behind well, the WWE be, I,
3: I think it's because a lot of like uh, the apps, like the Sky app, the, the BT app, the, all these apps have diff, have so many difficult um, uh, rights managements they have yeah. to sort of deal with. I guess because the Wf WWE whatever. Uh, own all of the stuff they That's can beat right. they can just give you everything they just yeah. got look. here it is whatever you fancy you want to look at Lord Alfred's bum there it is you want to see Rick Rude's abs there they are they're just. it's just everything is there for you it's fantastic yeah. it is remarkable there's, I mean, just you talking that, about football those, those two are the only things I do like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't I
1: just you talking about football there's a really nice bit in this commentary in this match where uh, Super Billy Graham uh, and Gorilla start saying oh he's put an abdominal stretch on him and they go but he hasn't got it properly he needs to hook that other leg <laughs> and Superstar Billy Graham's going yeah get the torque Get the talk on it. And it, what I really like about it is they're treating it like a real sport. Yeah. And they're going, that's all right. About, but, yeah. And it's that nice thing about people <laughs> whose day is over going, these young people, they don't, <laughs> they don't know how to do it, the technique. I really enjoyed that. And it reminded me of two old pundits. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought that was really sweet. Sent S- S- Greavesy Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,. Uh, let's, let, have we got time for more? I mean, yeah, are let's we, are stick, we,
3: yeah, stick in another match before we. Um, great. We see a little um,
1: a little clip of Brutus Beefcake uh, having to pull out of the Intercontinental Title match. Yes, uh, because he's attacked by Cowboy Ron Bass. <laughs> the so I I'd like, say the ninth best cowboy ninth in best wrestling. <laughs> <history>. <laughs> and there's a lot
3: of them. <laughs> um, Ron Bass. Um, I was like, because when he turned up, I was like, I don't, I can't really remember Ron Bass. Mm. There's too many. Ca- at this point of our, we how many shows have we done? We've done quite a few shows. I'm just, I get the point where I'm like, I, have we seen him before? I can't no. remember. No, I, don't,
1: I don't think Ron Bass actually makes it to a WrestleMania. Right. I don't think, other than this little bit, he makes it to a SummerSlam. Right. He's Is on, it, I think, a Survivor Series, probably a Royal Rumble.
3: Because I was like, why has he got a whip? Oh, yeah. he's a cowboy yep. in
1: the. Spe- the whip has got a name. <laughs> What's the name of the it's whip? called Betsy. Jesus And Christ. his Spurs are Brett and Bart Maverick. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Two names. You don't need two names for them. No. You don't need two names. No. You don't need a family tree. Let's have, let's have the rock family tree, and then the family tree of his Spurs of, the spurs. of Ron Bass's Spurs. Uh, there was a young
1: spur brother who unfortunately died in an accident in the smelting plant. I
3: mean, Ron,
1: why have you done this, mate? This is, you're going too far He's into not the character. The belt and he went out the window. I've also named all thirty-three thousand herd of cattle I fictionally have. Well
3: done. There was a, um, a, when they short, this kind of uh, cutaway to, you know, tell people where, where we're at. Yeah. Um, when uh, the outlaw, the outlaw, Ron Bass, <laughs> uh, cuts um, Beefcake's head with his spur, mm. they've got a big, like, sort of censored overlay because <laughs> yes. there's blood. Yeah. Because they bladed them. Um so you can't really see what's going on. No. It's such a weird... Because you can clearly see blood. Yeah. So it, 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 it doesn't of, need it, to be occasionally. there. Occasionally.
1: I think it's to sort of go, this is too disturbing to see. Yeah, but, and it's, it's, a, but it's a fantasy. But it's not really I thing. did I did watch this and I did think, God, it's a strange thing to do, isn't it? <laughs> Brutus Beefcake in his spandex. And they go, we're going to take you out there and a man's going to cut your head open yeah. and it's going to bleed in front of all these kids. <laughs> and, and make it like you're dying and then we'll play it again. I mean, it's just madness absolute <laughs> madness The um uh, he's pulled out of the, the Intercontinental match against Honky Tonk Man mm. as a result of this right. and in 2005 he uh, did a shoot interview Brutus and he was saying I was taken out because the Ultimate Warrior said if I don't win the Intercontinental belt I'm leaving mm. um, I think Brutus might have been told that uh, <laughs> to make him feel better I think the reason he he moves out is they can see the Ultimate Warrior's star is on the rise Yeah, that Beefcake is you know a reliable mid-card hand mm. but what's the point in giving the belt. So I think this is their way of, of saying to him, "Oh yeah, Warriors being difficult, but so are you really going to have to do this." So you, I, but I think it's their way of going we actually don't want Brutus to have the belt you know let's give it to the warrior Right. so that's why we get the surprise guest a little bit later on will Ah. you be able to guess who it is
2: boys and girls
3: (laughs) (laughs)
1: man oh wonderful Uh, third match is Bad News Brown versus Ken Patera
3: yes oh Bad News versus Richard Simmons (laughs) he does like Richard Simmons he looks very much he's one of those
1: wrestlers who would really benefit from wearing knee pads because he's got a big body and these two spindly little legs yeah and he looks he looks like a sort of dinner lady there's something really you know when like in some films where there'll, there'll be like a dinner lady <laughs> like a dinner lady character, that's no have film a dinner that's lady. maybe carry on at your convenience yes. <laughs> is the only one but when they have like an older woman and there's a sort of stunt and it will be done by a man dressed as an old woman Yes, yeah, yeah. that's a bit of what like looks like he looks like he's dressed as an old woman um, there's, there's some funny things they do here as well which is that they, they do this oh it's the Olympian versus the ghetto thugs. Yes, of course, yeah. But in a weird way, I mean... Bad News Brown is, is an also Olympian. an Olympian. Yes. And it turns out Kempatera is recently come out of prison, having been there two years. Yeah. So it's a funny thing that you can only really explain <laughs> because it's he's really racist. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, bad News is black, therefore, we won't mention he's an Olympian. Uh, mm. Kempatera is a white criminal, so we'll mention he's an Olympian. <laughs> Absolutely insane Christ. Um Billy, Ken- s- Billy says at one point, he's got big, big leagues. He does, yes. Big <laughs> leagues. <laughs> I got upset to that line as well and again that funny thing about like billy graham who is just riddled with steroids you know and he's just you know it's destroyed his his entire body Mm. he looks at muscles and goes i like those muscles i
3: want them
1: (laughs) i need all the muscles i want them on my (laughs) body too look at the legs look at the legs on the man the power of the thighs gorilla monsoon (laughs) Gorilla's like
3: I don't want to do this anymore you? <laughs> It's a fat leg.
1: It's a fat you have, leg. It's a fat leg. You've got no hip. Stop looking at muscles and going, well, what are the muscles? You've tried to have all the muscles, and look where it's got you. You're, you're living in a
3: bin. Your problem <laughs> isn't <laughs> muscles, it's tendons. Yeah. It's your normal human tendons um, that you've made, <laughs> th- you know, made have to do with ridiculous muscles. And all of your organs are getting too big. <laughs> your heart is getting so big that
1: it sounds like there's wind coming out out of the end of it Big E Oh look at that Big E order Gorilla <laughs> Munson um, Ken Patera ends up in prison for two years for a uh, a sort of legendary story Yeah So he's in the AWA <laughs> he, uh, he's had a long run in WWF he moves to the AWA a smaller organisation It's so pathetic Oh and he ends up going to um, a McDonald's after midnight and he wants to buy six burgers Six That's all he wanted Look Man his six baggers. burgers. So he man sees through the window, even though it's shut, that there's loads of people in there, and right. it turns out they're filming a commercial in that in <laughs> that thing. <laughs> oh, right. So he starts saying to the guy, "I didn't get the commercial. Man. How about you pass me
3: out them burgers?" And they go, "Oh no, they're being used for a commercial." And he's there's like, they've, "They've been they've <laughs> been like under this heater for like seven hours. You wouldn't even want good, them." Sounds
1: good. Sounds good. Give me the six of them burgers. <laughs> And they go, no, you're not having the burgers, mate. And he goes, yeah, give me them burgers. I'll give you $50 for six burgers. I, I, nowadays, that's like the normal price, yeah. I'm sure. But they they basically go, no, you can't have burgers. And then what happens is, depending on whether you listen to Ken Patera or you listen to the eyewitness, someone throws a brick through the window. Right? Now, Ken Patera says, what happened is, as he was walking off, he met a disgruntled former employee of McDonald's <laughs> who... He, he then threw the, the the brick through. I mean, how yeah. this man said, I'm a disgruntled foreign employee. I am an. <laughs> I am but there the was same. only one eyewitness, and that was a guy who was actually like on, in a security booth.
3: Yeah. And he said, No, it was him. He <laughs> threw the thing in. He, he was tapping on the window, talking to the man behind the window, <laughs> and then he picked up a rocket through it. Yeah. The brick through the so window. we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: uh, basically, Ken Fitero goes back to his hotel yeah. where he's staying with uh, Masa Saito, who is a Japanese star mm. uh, who died uh, only last month. Yes, um, okay. uh, very, very popular guy. Mm. One of the, the first Japanese people to make such a sort of name for himself in America that he actually ended up moving to America, right. even though later career he went back to Japan, he was still living in America. And they go to the hotel, the police, to try and find Ken Patera, and they knock on... Masa Saito's door mm. instead. And he opens the door. Says, Chigayimas. <laughs> There's Mistake. some confusing thing as well where Saito says, I think they were, I, I thought they were asking me, is there a woman in here? So I replied, no. <laughs> Whoa. And the question <laughs> was, the question was, have you heard of a man called Kempatera? And so he said, no, no. And he denied everything. And at this moment, when, when he just, he just says, if you don't get out of my door, I'm going to headbutt you. And what happens then is, <laughs> I think Ken Patera opens his door, comes out, and the two of them end up just thumping the shit out of this male and female policewoman. Wow. They really, really badly beat them up. They've radioed for backup. A load of people arrive. I think something like 16 in the end. Mm. And Saito and Patera just begin trying to tear them apart. Jesus. So there's this massive thing. They end up both getting, um, I think, two years um, in prison mm. as a result of it. There's this funny thing where Ken Patera, he won't talk about it, and so he did a shoot interview where someone sort of brought it up, and he just loses his fucking lid. He's well, just I, all, you know, I, you motherfucker, I should choke you out, all this.
3: I guess in America there's a, possibly not nowadays, but like, I guess there's a little bit more respect for... Um, the, uh, the the checks and balances of law, I suppose, and, the, and you know, the, the the services, I suppose. Yeah, it? I mean, I mean, the actual... They were pretty lucky, it sounds, not yeah. to be shot dead. Well, I mean, <laughs> at
1: one point, Ken Patera dragged a policewoman down the hall by the gun that she had in her belt. Fucking um, hell. She said that he was bashing her head back and forth into the wall. Ken Patera goes, I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, you, you can check the concrete. There's absolutely no blood or hair on it. <laughs> and it's like, Jesus Christ, blood Je- and hair? I mean, that's everywhere else. It's not... Not on the wall, though, mate. I'm not an animal. <laughs> I mean, it just—it just sounds a bit nightmarish. Sixteen mm. state troopers end up fighting in this thing, and they had a, a funny thing. Two men. I know. Some
3: men are too big for yeah, this
1: world. Over six hamburgers about not having his hamburgers Kenny wants his burgers
3: I'm blaming Donald's for all of this
1: <laughs> anyway oh man they weren't loving it that was really slick <laughs> no, thanks, also mate. not only slick but hack <laughs> <laughs> the two things I like the most
3: <laughs> slick and hack weren't they managers for uh,
1: <laughs> Cork or Beware <laughs> very good I'm, uh, yeah we're, we're on fire <laughs> so um, Patera basically uh, they bring him back and they make him do a load of vignettes where he's in a prison cell kind of going i'm coming back i've served my time and i'm coming back he actually served time the last year it was in a very open prison where right. he just went out fishing every day <laughs> it sounds a lot of people took at the american penal system this place sounded <laughs>
3: i fucking deal it sounds like uh it sounds like people were just scared yeah me. well he could sign <laughs> in and out
1: sign oh. in and out that's not prison that's like I don't even know what that is. It's just it's just insane. Um, but Kemperterra comes back, and basically Vince McMahon, while he's been in prison, has sent a cheque every week to his wife. Right. Uh, and is like, what a man. That's amazing. Mm. And Vince, basically, as he comes back to work, says, right, I'm docking your pay, because yeah. you're going to pay back all <laughs> right, that okay, money. Yeah, yeah. Which is actually fair enough. Yeah. It's not like Vince put him in prison. He wasn't no. injured while he was wrestling. No. He went to prison because he threw a brick through a McDonald's and then beat up really, really badly a load of cops. Yeah. So, uh,
3: fair Two, enough. Two yeah, seems... V- for- I don't know how that. I mean, back in the day, you could get away with, um, you know, the, the, playing very fast and loose with funny thing how is, long sentences were.
1: Patera's own lawyer had said to him, the most you were going to get is 30 days in prison and, and a small fine. Jesus I mean, so that it, was the beating <laughs> up 16 state troopers. One of them ended up with a broken
3: leg. The other yeah. one, you know, I mean, it was just a nightmare. Apart from the the, 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 the female uh, police officer, oh, I would quite like to sit in there see <laughs> two big recipe. <laughs> it's like a video game. It would be. Streets of Rage. It would be amazing. It would. <laughs> It really would. Patera, they are and Saito also um, just
1: beating the shit I out of. I think Mr. Saito is a former Olympian as well. He mm. certainly was part of the Olympic team. So watching two certainly Olympians the fucking books now, Olympians versus police—that <laughs> is a show I would watch the <laughs> fuck out of. Amazing. And Patera is basically doing this last run. He's in the twilight of his career, and they begin on commentary as time goes on the next couple of months mm. they begin like Al, Alfred Hayes is literally doing commentary where he's sort of going I mean his skills are deserting him now it's really probably time to hang up the boots <laughs> you know i mean
3: you know jesus christ when I mean, even alfred hayes <laughs> is casting aspersions and your ability to do a job yes. you've
1: been asked to do for a long time i mean the other thing is i mean credit to al hayes who is like this guy this guy beat up 16 police and you're going out there and going i'm going to say that he's old and his skills are deserting him come and have a fucking go come on plant one there won't do it will you no, ah! you're scared. You're shitting yourself. Ah! Good on you, Alfred, you're a hero. Yes. Uh, so this is a quick match. Uh, the uh, He gets the ghetto blaster off Bad News. There's one good thing, which is Bad News doesn't even let him get out of his jacket. Nice. And the whole thing of watching uh, an ageing Ken Patera being beaten up with his jacket on. If you were a policeman, you'd be going, I love this match. <laughs> this is what I came to see.
3: Fantastic stuff. Um, well, that's all we've got time for uh, this week. Yes. Uh, we'll be back next week. That was a very hissy thing, sorry. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah so uh, well uh, until then you can get in contact with us we're on twitter at yes. WrestleMePod uh, do say hi yes and uh, short WrestleMePod.com is the way to get uh, an email to us Chris Jericho retweeted uh, us yeah. sort of As he did he retweeted
1: kind of. uh, uh, a, 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 a chap who was very kind and sort of um, mentioned that, that Chris Jericho had a very good podcast mm. about the 30th anniversary of the death of Bruiser Brody so we right. talked about Brody um, a couple of weeks ago and so he just uh, uh, in mentioning that, that Jericho had a good podcast, little Jericho noticed and did a retweet. Yes, yes. CJ, thank you, mate. Yeah, so he's a huge fan now. <laughs> huge fan. <laughs> I mean, he won't admit it because he know. You know, it's competition to Un- his podcast. Isn't he it? thinks this is the best show.
3: That's we way back next week for more SummerSlam fun. SummerSlam '88, but there'll be less police brutality. Wrestle me, Mark. Wrestle me, Peter. <laughs>